Hey JD Tribe and welcome to another episode of the Self-Care Spotlight brought to you by the Journal Deck and our Self-Care Collective online membership which is open for memberships at just 15 bucks a month for monthly moon yoga classes, meditation, visualization, journaling worksheets, astrology, mood music, coaching calls, some exclusive discounts, even a special podcast episode. There's a different different energetic theme every month. And you can join 38 Women in Rising to say yes to sustainable self-care and your radiance for 2018. You can watch the about video at thejournaldeck.com forward slash self-care collective. I am your host and founder, Alyssa Cousins, and today... I'm honored to have Lori Harder on the podcast. Lori is a leading expert in the field of fitness, transformational work, mindfulness, and self-love. As a self-made millionaire, successful entrepreneur, network marketing professional, author, cover model, three-time fitness world champion, and TEDx speaker, she offers a carefully curated set of practical tools to promote sustainable health, spiritual well-being, and financial freedom. Through her books, unique coaching methods, and programs, she's helped countless, let's be honest, thousands of people connect with their soul, transform their bodies, empower their minds, and gain financial independence. And maybe most importantly, fall in love with themselves and their lives. Through her career, she's been on the covers of Oxygen Magazine, Strong Fitness Magazine, Health and Fitness, Prosper Magazine, and she's been featured on NBC, Fox, and TLC Networks, to name a few. And with that amazing bio, welcome, Lori, to the show. (laughs) Hi, how are you? I'm so excited to be here. I'm always like, oh my god, she got the long bio. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) No. Thank you. That was amazing. I was like, oh, who did that? Wow. You forget. Yeah. That's important, especially in the new year. We got to go back. Right? People always say that to me. They're like, wow, when you read my bio, I feel really special. I know. I was like, who's that? That's not me. (laughs) You did all of those things. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. I think some of the most fun conversations are just obviously the ones where we connect and then we forget that we're recorded. Yeah, that's me too. Me too. So, guys, context here. If you're wondering, like, how the hell did I get Lori Harder on the show? So that's a valid, that's a valid question. Um, So my really good friend, Jana, uh, she is, we're just really good friends. Um, We also work together as well. I'm a teacher at her studio here in Pittsburgh. She happens to be um, working with Lori Harder on her new book, which I'm sure Lori will talk about because she has this new book coming out. You said May, right? Yes, May. I can't wait. Yes. So that's how I know Lori and Jana was kind enough to like make this connection and be like, I really think you guys like you need to connect and have her on your show and talk about self-care. I mean, hello, that's a perfect fit. Mm. And so bada bing, bada boom, it eventually happened and here you are. Mm. Well, I'm so excited to be here. We were just talking right before this, just saying how (laughs) Jana knows so many amazing women and women are just amazing. Women are magnets for other amazing women. Like when you really start to understand that, which 
that is you. So you're just really becoming completely self-aware of all of your amazingness, connecting with incredible women. And I'm sure that they're going to be flying to your podcast this year. So that's just, it's just an opening, right? It's like mm-hmm. that realization. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that kind of, honestly, it, it goes right into this like first question that like popped into my brain that I really wanted to ask you about. So you literally even just said this past week on Instagram, you said, and I quote, you are not meant to transform alone. My goal is to create experiences that connect you to your supportive tribe. So what I want to ask you is why is tribe so important to you? Mm, Tribe is so important to me because I have a firm belief through my own experiences in my life and through the sharing and talking and digging into the roots of what are the actual things that have really helped women and human beings uh, in general propel forward. And it's always back to a connection or advice someone gave them or really researching someone else's path or connecting with people. But really, for the most part, it's been like a deep, profound um, connection or something that someone said or offered them uh, in their life that's really helped them to either see something in themselves that they did not see before or know that the journey is not meant to be easy and that it is scary or um, you know, honestly, I believe that when we come into the earth, whatever you believe, how, however that is, you know, how much you know when you come in, whatever that looks like, I think that we are basically just part of who we are supposed to be. And through experiences and through meeting other people, we get more and more of ourselves revealed to us mm. by them. And I know that even if that sounds weird at first it's kind of like we've all had that experience where we talk to someone and it's like they shine a light in a part of our soul that we didn't formerly have access to so I believe that they that other people hold fragments of ourselves and we can't fully become ourselves and we until we connect and collect them back from these amazing people mm, that's nice <laughs> that's- <laughs> I I know I really root into that and like you know what it's it's done such beautiful things for me because I I've really I still deal with it a bit but nothing like I used to like extreme anxiety so walking into a room used to be like oh my god either I'm draining my energy or this is giving me a panic attack or what's the when's the soonest I can get out of here like this is awful and uncomfortable and I don't feel good enough about myself to even be here and now it's like Okay, who's holding a piece of me? Okay, yeah. who can I meet that is going to help me understand more about me? And I can, un- through understanding them, like they're going to give me this. It, it makes me linger longer. It makes me ask better questions. Like it just makes me more excited to be in that room. So swapping out my anxiety for excitement helps in a, in a really big way in social situations. Mm, I love that, you know, I as I said, I, I teach yoga, right? And mm-hmm. That we have this, you know, you always hear about it, like that that we are one aspect. You hear it all the time. And I love that what you're saying is like, well, a piece of you is in other people. And mm. that's that's the same premise, right? Mm, totally. So I, I feel as though like all of us, it, it, when we really listen, when we kind of understand that it's like we're all saying the exact same thing, but our mind somehow can lock into, you know, for me, it was just, it just made sense when I heard it in a way of like, 
oh, well, all these other people and these experiences hold fragments of your soul that you're just collecting to become, not that you're not whole, but to really mm -hmm. understand wholly why you are here. Like, what is the purpose? Um, and I think just with each one, it's just more clarification and more being able to stand firm in who you are and your authentic truth and your authentic power. And I, I love that because we are all, we are all one. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really beautiful. So obviously this is the self-care spotlight and I would really love to know about your, and I think other people would want to know too, uh, your evolution from how your how has your self-care changed since, you know, being a 10-time fitness cover model to the Bliss Project founder where it feels like you have, at least these days and from my outside perspective, it feels like you have more of a focus on the internal rather than the external workings of things in a lot of ways. Um, so I would, you know, if we could just like could you jam on, like, how is that self-care, how has it changed for you? Oh, my God. I mean, it's been turned on its head because I, I did not learn self-care to to create or manifest those covers in my life at all. Um, that was in more of a spot of I, under, I was starting to really understand the internal, but I also had the complete crossing message in my mind of, like, very much, I mean, let's really call a spade a spade. Like I was self abusing my way to like, my thoughts were self abuse my way, like on my way to creating this body that was so fit and so rigid and so disciplined, um, you know, that it was to the extreme other end. And I went through such a fear cycle because I thought that was the only way to stay fit. Um, because I came from a family with really heavy background, um, you know, my whole life I was told that genetically it, it was just a matter of time. And, you know, hearing this from when I was eight years old, going on my first diet at eight years old, because mm. everyone in my family was on it and I was called chubby and it was like, okay, it's time for a diet. So it was like going from one extreme end that I actually clung to the feeling of that self-loathing and discipline. Like when I was in pain, that must mean I'm on track because that was the one way I learned is when we were, we were either dieting and completely restrictive or we were totally off and we were in self-indulgence and we were in deep connection with food and love and family, or we were on the other side, you know, mm -hmm. it was just like, um, and obviously a lot of things come with <laughs> overeating besides deep love and connection. There's a lot, also a lot of self, self loathing on that side as well. Um, but what really happened is I couldn't do it anymore. It was not sustainable. The, um, the basically like such a strict discipline in my mind of like trying to be so rigid with myself and what's, what's the pain point that I can kind of like verbally abuse myself back into getting back on track, right? Into that fear. Like you're going to be, you're going to be fat. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to get that disease. You're going to, you know, you're going to get diabetes just like this person. And, and you're going to be in pain and have depression and anxiety and all of these different things that I was still creating my own anxiety, um, through this talk of like, no, you have to go for another workout. No, you can't eat that. No, that's bad. It was like, I had all of these labels, right? I mean, that is such a, I'm having anxiety just thinking about it. <laughs> like, am I giving you anxiety right now? Cause I could feel myself pulsating through this microphone. I could hear your voice. Like really, like you're in it. Like you, yeah. you know what that is. Oh my God. Like, 
like I just I was able to just go back there right now and and for any of you who really just feel that deeply I want to just give you the words and know that there is another way you can have those desires but it's going to take a lot of faith and a bit of time and a bit of releasing and just complete self-awareness and more self-love than you have yet thought that you could muster up but you will because you are connected to something that is just complete love but all of those thoughts are just blocking this idea right it's blocking that energy of knowing that you can feel satiated by something else and and I really think um you know what I was doing ultimately was trying to fill this um who did I just hear this from I think it was Mastin on Mastin Kip's podcast it was filling a a trying to fill a spiritual void with food or with, you know, thinking that a physical image of myself would make me feel stronger when it, it was not those things at all. It was like, you know, I was always starving and I was always, um, wanting food because I was not fulfilling myself with these other spiritual desires that I had. So to me, to go the really long route for you, it really is like what actually is self-love for me. It's filling myself with those spiritual desires that I have, realizing that the void is a spiritual desire, meaning it could be to have more fun, to be in more joy, to be around people who truly fill my soul. And these are not easy things when your life does not reflect that back to you yet at all. Mm -hmm. You know, especially if you feel like you've had a moment of, oh, when I have that body, right? Like when I got that cover, that felt good. Yeah, it felt good for like a day and then it was gone because that is not really what you are truly desiring. You're desiring this long-term satisfaction, this long-term joy, this long-term peace in your soul, Mm -hmm. that these things that you think you want are not going to fulfill. But what happens is we only have that one memory that we've created of the one thing that brought it to us once for a day. So we cling to that, like it's going out of style, and we claw our way there for just one more day. It's like another hit, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just like what you were saying that I just, you're right. You cling to a moment that that, that high that that, that gave you and you think, you think that that's it. You think that was my happy. Like, and you, and you keep going for it, but that wasn't your happy. No. Yeah. We do it all the time. You know, I see friends do it, especially living um, out in LA. I've been married for, God, I don't. Oh my God, how long have we been married? 12 years? We've been together like 16 years, so I don't know. And I'm terrible with dates. He would laugh at me because he's like, he's like, how do I remember the dates? Um, anyway, it's been a really long time, like 16 years together. That's like 45 LA marriages. Um, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> but, you know, I, I watch, um, even my really aware friends do it. It's like, if I could just have that or when I was with this guy this was like this it's like going back to those moments of what you think you need and then comparing all of your future moments to that moment and if it doesn't reflect it it's like it's out you know or that person's out or that thing is out or this can't be it um so realizing what it is that you actually want I think is really important even with self-love like getting really clear what is it that you actually desire and what is it that actually brings you the most peace and joy and that following that and making room for that to me now is self-love and that would be for me creation fun and play I was just gonna ask you like what are the what are your words <laughs> creation Those are my words <laughs> creation fun and play Mm-hmm. So have I mean, you read the desire map? 
love, I mean, I love it. I even have her little deck of cards that I like just grab randomly. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, like that's exactly everything you're saying right now. I'm like hearing desire and like, I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, the desire map, the desire map, the desire map. And it's funny because those truth bomb cards, they actually really inspired me to make the journal deck. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. The way that. I, I had them. I have them too. I have the, the truth bombs and they really inspired me and different Oracle cards. But anywho, yeah, my, um, I love, I love words and I love that you said that cause I was going to ask you anyway, but creation, fun and play. I think my words I decided for 2018 were alignment, radiant and spaciousness. Those are good too. Can I have six words? <laughs> <laughs> right? You're like, you're like, keep adding. That's when I was doing. I love words too. So that is like my jam. Are words your love language? Like, um, words of affirmation. It's one of yeah. them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I love love languages. It's so good. <laughs> we all need to know that. Just word. I mean, words, when you think about it. They, I mean, they obviously hold energy. So if you get some really good words that really deeply, like you feel them, you're really feeling them. And it's, it's great, right? Cause when we think those negative thoughts, which come in a million times a day, you just can root back to like, wait, what are my words? Because at the end of the day for me, it's just like, how clear can I be in that day? Because it's, I am like, it's so easy for me to get distracted that if I can just have a couple things that I can really ground into, really root into, that is going to, it's the little things. I mean, it's the little things for me like that. Like, oh, Lori, did you forget that your word is fun? Because you are not fun right now. <laughs> <laughs> Opposite of fun for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, okay. Let's see here. So a big thing for me for for the journal deck, for myself, for the people around me, maybe for, you know, people around you too. And this may be the women that, that you, that you are working with, that you see that are in your tribe. I get this word that means a lot to me and it's speaking of words, sustainability. Mm. And I think within this, um, self-help, self-care realm, I think it gets really overwhelming for a lot of folks and honestly it's like I'm in this industry too you're in this industry so I I always try to be aware that I don't want people to feel that I'm bombarding them or like overwhelming them because I know there's they're getting it from all angles right and what I would love to know from you is you know if you if you could tell someone like um or give someone advice how do you personally Lori like how do you practice sustainable self-care it's always changing um always changing so I'm not attached to it looking one way because life does require moments of okay so this is going to go against what some people believe but within me going to extremes for brief periods of my life is where I find my middle so and I, I really do believe that for everyone looking at their journey We can't figure out what our middle is by looking at someone else's balance, right? We have to know where are my extreme ends and what does it look like to be in the middle of that and like what is sustainable. So if I would have told you last year what would have been sustainable for me, it looks totally different than this year because I have learned how to go to the next level, which 
every year you can tend to, you know, whether it takes you three years or five years where you can fully say, yeah, I really feel like I have transcended like that old version of me, or I've gone to the next level, whatever it looks like, whether that's in thought or in the way that you live. Um, but I would have never been able to sustain what I'm sustaining this year. And in that required me to be looking at what in my mind is taking up space. It's funny. I just did a quickie podcast before I got on here about this. So of course you're asking, it's so perfect. (laughs) Um, and it was just about like sustainable to me means I need to go look in my brain and see what's taking up the most space. So is it an open loop of, um, a grudge or I'm not forgiving someone, or is it something that's just on repeat that I'm indecisive about? Like, it's like getting really clear and clearing space in my mind so that I can make sure that I feel at peace because it's not necessarily about what's going on externally, but how much peace throughout the day can I keep in my mind? And if I can keep peace through even chaos, then that is sustainable to me. But if certain things are coming in that I'm like, this is not for me, like this is not an alignment. It's not allowing me to be in peace in my mind. This thing is no longer sustainable in my life. It's draining me. It's exhausting me. It's making everything else feel like crap. So more has come into my life this year, but it's more I'm excited about. So it's like keeping me very energized. Whereas all of the things that I didn't want to do anymore, I'm trying to slowly get rid of certain things or delegate or hire. Um, And this did not happen right away. Like I said, it's new levels, but it's new levels of sustainability. Um, So did that answer the question? Yeah. I was just going to say though, that's like my word spaciousness. Mm, Yes. They go hand in hand. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. You're talking like I, I'm letting go of things. I'm hiring people. Like I'm only doing things that are in alignment with me. Mm-hmm. That's that mm-hmm. to me. I'm like I'm with you. Like I'm so with you. I'm I'm trying yes. to do the same thing for myself, and it's hard. I don't know about you, but it is. It's hard for me to say like I, it's hard for me to say no to things or to let people down. Mm-hmm. I I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But I know that that word spaciousness feels really yummy to me. And it feels like a breath of fresh air, right? Yes. You know, I'm really – because I have trouble with it too. And I'm trying to get better and better because let me tell you, things are coming in at an insane rate that I have to say no to. Like it's even faster. And I'm like, oh, this is going to – I'm either going to be in a lot of pain or I'm going to need to learn to reframe this and create some peace, right? Um, or I'm going to need to say, you know what, I'm not even going to take over this message box anymore. Like that, that's been some really hard stuff too. Like handing over like an inbox to somebody and being like, nope, this is making me upset every time I open it, like for no reason. So (laughs) it's like either delegating that or saying, okay, how can I detach some emotion here and realize that when I say no, like what, what do I need to, to tap into that's bigger than this? Like, Number one, some things that have helped me say no is I am protecting a message that must come out. Like by by doing these hour-long inboxes and answering all of them on Facebook, I'm actually completely taking away from this message that could reach thousands of people. Mm. Or I am, you know, showing that woman that yes, yeah, she needs to be in her inbox instead of being in her message. Like 
that's answering back to the universe and showing people as well. Cause there, you know, we have all these people looking up to us or, Oh, how is she doing that podcast? Or how'd she get that person on? Okay. Well, you've had to say no to a lot of things for space for this. So it's like really protecting that message and also knowing when you say no in a beautiful, loving, energetic way, you're teaching that person how to say no. It's so beautiful. So by you saying no, you're actually giving them the most beautiful example of how to say no, especially when your intention behind it is pure. They're going to feel it. And if not, well, that's, you get to do even more work around it. What a gift. <laughs> I'm self-coaching right now, by the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm accepting the, if you feel like you're coaching me right now. <laughs> I'm sitting here like smiling, like, yes, like preach, sister, preach. Mm, we all need it. I, I have not met a woman or, I mean, I, I'm trying to think if I haven't met a person who can say no pretty easy. I have met a couple people, um, but I have not met a woman yet who is like, oh, it's easy for me. Like, you know, because I think that a lot of times growing up, we are just as, human beings like the more that we say yes the more that we think we are going to be loved and we attach it to love you know yes I'll do that for you yes I yes I'll care for you in that way yes I'll be there for you and we even base our women relationships on it like oh I really want to talk about this right now okay so we we really base our female friendships on this by saying okay well you know, oh, she's there for me no matter what. Like, no matter what is going on in her life, she is my best friend because she will drop everything and come and talk with me about this relationship and drink wine and do X, Y, and Z. Okay, well, most women only have room for maybe one woman like that. And some women, if you really want to go after your dreams, may not be able to drop everything and go and you know, hold you and drink wine with you and go through all of these problems with you. And, and that is why so many women now are putting up walls and like, Oh, well I can't be in this relationship because then I'm just opening this door to letting people down because we have these massive expectations on each other of having to be there at all times and what it means to be a good person and to say yes to everything. And it's like, we tend to avoid things altogether or getting into any situations with people or relationships because we are so fearful that we're going to fall off that pedestal of what we think we need to be in order to be good women, good friends, good people. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think that the more open conversations we can have like this and the more um, agreements we can put at the beginning of these incredible relationships, then we can understand and have freedom and spaciousness in those relationships to really thrive. I don't know where that, where, where that came from, but I guess it was, you know, it was just needed to be said right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's a really interesting point is like that. Are we afraid to even invest? I think maybe that's a good word, like invest in mm -hmm. our relationships or open ourselves up, like you said, because we're afraid that I, I can't, I can't do, I can't be there for them the way that I'm supposed to be or that is good enough. And mm -hmm. so we just don't even, we just shut down the idea or we just don't talk to the person or we don't get back to them or whatever it might be because we're just like, I don't have any space for that. And yeah. really, if we were, like you said, if we were just honest and had healthy boundaries, mm -hmm. it would eliminate that. Yucky feeling of having to be like, nope, nope, I just can't go there because I'm not, I'm not mm -hmm. going to be able to to be there for them. Uh, yeah, I think women, yeah, 
I think I do. I think I do that. So many different ways and having a a boundary is a way of saying no, or it's a way of also saying yes, right. To certain things like smaller things or the things that can actually fit in your life. So I think that, you know, when we think of saying no, like we just relate it to like, Oh, I hate saying no to people. It's like cutting them off energetically or being like, no, you're not good enough for me to hang out with. Or, you know, these are all the messages that when we don't get really clear, we think we're sending or we think that they're sending us. And it's like, Oh my God, we spend so much time in these made up stories that if we want more room and spaciousness and fun and play and, and, you know, be able to have sustainability that these are all the conversations like that saying no can bring up that if we could just be clear, we could get rid of all of that and create all of that room in our life and feel good about saying no in a loving way or saying no, but this could work for me. But if not, I hope you understand that, you know, I have so much on my plate that I'm actually trying to make some room for some things in the new year, whatever that looks like and being at peace with that. And that's the final thing. Some people are never going to feel good. It's never going to feel good to say no. Even when you have the most perfect script, you've set the perfect boundary. You've said exactly why, even though I think it's unnecessary to say why, um, the ultimate step is just to have peace with it, knowing that you are living life in a way that you were, um, that you're protecting your message or that you are living fully into your purpose or that you are not going to be resentful. And at the end of the day, that's how I want to live is I don't want to resent people. I don't want to feel bad. I want to feel happy. I want to feel at peace. And I am at peace with knowing that I just can't be everyone or everywhere. And I can't be everything to everyone. And Mm -hmm. that's it. And sometimes it takes me a day. Sometimes it's two days. Sometimes it's 10 minutes and then I'm good. It's like ultimately peace. Oh, I love that. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, yes. I love that. I, I love, too, that you said that, you know, that we are blocking our own message and that we are giving people an opportunity to learn how to say no. That's beautiful. That is like, you know, talking about truth bombs, like that's a truth bomb <laughs> right there. You know, I learned it because a woman told me that I taught her how to say no from an email because she kept sending me emails to be on something that I just did not have space for. And I literally just sent a really final loving no. And like a year later, she's like, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty upset. And then it became my most powerful tool that I used for everyone who was asking me when I did not have room. And -hmm. she was like, I just have to thank you for like the double lessons. And I was like, Oh my God, I had no idea that was going on. (laughs) Yeah. But it, it gave me so much clarity on that, that, you know, I've learned that from so many other people. I'm like, wow, that was the most loving way that you just totally turned me down and said, I'm never going to have time for this because I just can't tell you when. (laughs) So I was like, okay, taking notes. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. That's fantastic. So I think, I think a lot of women, I mean, obviously you know this, you hear it probably all the time from people, from emails um, about, you know, that people who look up to you and where you've gotten. And, you know, I am a big believer in live your truth. And I always say live your truth with a capital T. And it's a big part of the journal deck. And if you could, not that you haven't already imparted a lot of wisdom, but if you could say something to a person, to a woman who, who is, you know, you're about to do something, you know, you're coming out with a new book and you have Bliss Project and you've done all these amazing big leaps and big things, big scary things and you've put yourself out there and you've up-leveled, like you said, 
So if you could say something to a woman who is who's doubting themselves or who's really afraid to to take a leap, you know, what would you say to them? I think it's really empowering to to talk about these things and sharing our own fears. Um, so like, if you could say something to someone, to a woman who's really afraid or doubting themselves, I'm going to say two parts here. Like, what would you say to them? And then part two, what are you afraid of right now? Mm, I'm going to answer this all in one. So I'm going to say it from the part of myself that's doubting something right now and what I would tell myself is exactly what I would tell all of you. Perfect. And that is to, no matter what, to be as much you as you possibly can. And it is, it's literally your super power is to be you. So whatever makes you feel the most fully you, how can you bring more of that into this thing that you're doing? And no matter what happens, it is all so perfectly divine for you, whether you fall, whether I fall flat on my face on this stage that I'm about to go on, it was perfectly meant for me to learn a lesson in being able to laugh at myself or being able to do a silly dance move after on stage or being able to let go or being able to forgive, like trusting that everything that is going to come your way from sharing whatever it is you're going to share, even if it's criticism, that that is meant to take you to the next level in your life. Because we are not going to grow without a little bit of understanding, um, a little bit of either criticism or things not going the way that we want them to go or things not looking in the form that we want them to take. And just being completely open to showing up fully you and allowing yourself to come out in whatever it is that you're about to do. And I would tell you, if people don't understand what that means, is who is the person that you are around when you love yourself? Like when you are just laughing at yourself, you're having the best time ever. When you are just in complete flow, when you're like, wow, I really like who I am. What are you doing? Who are you around? What are you listening to? Are you listening to a podcast? Are you listening to a book? Are you dancing? Are you listening to music? And what is that? Like, how can you fuel that woman? How can she come out more? Because that is your gift. Like that right there is your power. I don't care if it's that you secretly are a dancer, a singer, a poet. How can you infuse that into what you are doing? And you can never, ever go wrong with that. So if I have doubt over speaking, which right now that is what's coming up for me um, in a space that I don't normally speak in, it's like how much me can I bring to a space that I don't want to be me in? And that's where, what I'm working on. And I know that that is the truth because it's never failed me. Mm, I love that. I, I just got a vision of myself. You said envision yourself when you really love yourself. Mm, and I got yes. a vision. I got a vision of me when I'm, when I'm dancing at home by myself <laughs> in my kitchen. <laughs> yes. Yes. Totally. I have those moments too. Yeah, and I love myself in those moments, and I feel so like I am Alyssa in those moments. Mm, and can I ask you, so let's just, for the listeners, like, why? You know what I mean? Like, what what's the part about Alyssa that you're like, this girl rocks. Like, she is so rad. I feel the way that I want to feel. I feel radiant. I mm. feel... I feel, I feel radiant. I feel like I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm literally, like, 
someone turned up the dial on Alyssa. Like I am stepping fully into myself. I'm in my body. I'm moving freely, organically. I feel feminine. I feel like I don't care what I look like. I feel like I'm just like, like I'm turning myself on is like a good way to say it. That's like the best way to say it, honestly. And, and here's the thing, like when we bring, okay, that you just talking because you stepped into it when you were saying it. And I know all the listeners could hear it too. Like you bring that girl everywhere and you are a freaking magnet. You, you literally elevate everyone around you. People want to start working with you. They want to be around you. They want to know what your deal is. Even if you didn't say a word, people would still want to be around you because it's how you're making them feel and you're giving them the freedom to fall in love with themselves as too in space because you just love who you are in that moment. So you explained it perfectly. So to the people, it's like to, to the women, the people that are listening, it's like, okay, how can you bring that? Just that feeling. You don't have to change anything. Like what you just said. And when I feel that way too, I don't have to change anything about me. I don't have to think of something so wise to say, I don't have to make sure that I look smart or that I have these incredible slides or that I have something that they walk away with that made them say, wow, you're so brilliant. I just made them feel so fully alive in them that they're like, oh, there I am. That's mm-hmm. right. And then, That's they, and then they see themselves in you. They see that radiance. They see it. That's all it is. That's all it is. And it's like, you know, I'm again, self-coaching. <laughs> like, how can I, how can I be smarter? Can I read this extra book before I go? Can I listen to this extra workshop? And I'm like, oh my God, please stop. Please just go dance in your kitchen. Like that is the answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I lo- oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. So final question here before we do our fun rapid fire. It's a question I ask everyone and it's what does self-care mean to you? Hmm. I mean, I lo- this just wraps it up so nicely. I think self-care is really looking at, am I, am I doing the things that bring me peace and joy? Um, do I feel fully recharged? And in my life, I just really want to feel energetic in everything I do. So self-care for me uh, changes. Like I said, like for me, self-care is not a bath. That's torturous. Um, (laughs) but self-care for me is going to the beach or is getting into the ocean or is surfing or is, um, meditation. It is connection with amazing women. It's incredible food. It's dates with my husband with champagne. It's writing. Um, it's, it look, it can look completely different for everyone. Uh, it could be, you know, designing clothes for some people. It's like, what is giving you the energy and making you feel most you? That is self-care. Am I getting into myself enough? Do I feel like me as much as I would like to feel? Perfectly said. Mm. I get it. (laughs) Okay, so here we go. Here's some rapid fire questions. First thing that comes to your mind, just shoot. If you had to describe self-care in one word or feeling, it would be? Mm, I'm so long-winded. Um, <laughs> a feeling. Um, love. Mm, love. Always love. Yeah. When do you like to journal? We are the journal deck. So when do you like to journal most? Um, you know, I thought it was morning, but I'm, more, I'm learning I'm more of an afternoon person. Yeah? Afternoon. Hmm. I guess it's like creative time. Like before I write, I kind of want to 
see where I'm at. Yeah. The um the book The One Thing talks about um what is it? You're a maker you're a maker in the morning and like earlier in the day and then at the end you're a manager. I think it that that's it. Maker and manager. And like Ooh, so you, interesting. you must still be in the maker phase in that afternoon and then you start to get into manager like towards the end of the day when you take like meetings and things. I love oh, that totally. book. Yeah. Totally. I guard that time at around eleven to like two. That's like creative time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that book. Be a maker in the morning and in the afternoon. Love it. Okay, let's see here. Um, in terms of self care, I could be better at. Ooh, making even more space, getting rid of some of the things that I don't need to be doing anymore. Um, saying no more. Yeah, bringing full circle there. Mm-hmm. My favorite form of self care movement or exercise is. It's a toss-up, walking, dancing, surfing, running. (laughs) I I I don't have a favorite. It's literally, it's like, what do I feel like today? And that's honest answer. Yeah, well, you already said that, so that makes perfect sense. Like, it's kind of whatever is happening for you that day. Yeah, no attachment to one thing. (laughs) I love this question. If I I never had to do this again, it would be? If I never had to do it again and I would be happy about it? Yeah, like you'd be okay. stoked. Um, <laughs> like emails and inboxes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> it, just, it sucks my soul. Even when it's something I like, I don't know why. It's like admin work. I want to be talking to people, not typing like, yeah. emails. Yeah, you don't feel connection through that no. that medium. Yeah. Nope. Well, I already know the answer because you. I was going to say bath or shower, but you said clearly it's not a bath. Not a bath. No. Shower. Okay. It's funny because I love being in the ocean, but, you know, shower. Okay. Um, favorite podcast? Oh, man. I don't I don't have one. Um, I have lots of them. Um, you know, I have been listening to Jess Lively lately. Um, yeah. Just because I'm trying to get really back into, like, Law of Attraction, and she's kind of on a Law of Attraction kick. Yep. Um, so I'd say that right now. Yeah, I like Jess Lively, and I. It's funny that you said that because my first ever self help book um, was The Secret. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, it was like yeah. the law of attraction, you know, like on steroids. Yeah, yeah. I, it was my first like self help deep dive, and I was obsessed. And I called it my Bible, and I took it with me everywhere. And the pages are completely falling out, and that was my first like uh, tiptoe into this whole woo woo world, as I call it. That was my tiptoe. Oh, uh, yeah, I love it. and I got in there with it. Uh, let's see, final couple here: um, milk chocolate, dark chocolate, or not a chocolate person. Oh my, dark chocolate all day long, every meal. I could do it. Me too. I love dark chocolate. <laughs> do you have a favorite author? Since you are an author, do you have a favorite author? Oh, man. Well, I think Danielle Laporte is a – she is just a genius of our time with words. Agreed. Um, and just the genre that I love. So kind of all of those things coming together is really magical for me. Um, I love Gabrielle Bernstein just for really practical, like, boom, there it is, um, advice. Um Elizabeth Gilbert, obviously another wordsmith. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are so many amazing authors, but those are just the ones who've actually like quick shifts in my life that have really rocked my world. Really accessible books for me. Yeah, I agree with all three. Those are like probably some of my tops as well. I have a little local book club here in Pittsburgh and all of the above of like 
I think we're actually going to – I just listened to your one with Gabby B on Judgment Detox, your podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they chose that as their next book. So we're going to awesome. be reading that one. It's yeah. amazing. You're going to love it. Okay. So that's the end of the rapid fire questions. And what I would love for you to be able to do now is just to wrap up here by – telling everyone where they can find you online on all the social media places and what is next for Lori Harder. Ooh, you can find me on Instagram, which is my favorite spot for social media, just at Lori Harder. Otherwise on um, my website, just lauriharder.com. And what is next for me is um, I've got a couple awesome speaking events that I'm excited about, uh, but I have my live event that is in March 2nd through the 4th, and it is called The Bliss Project. It's 500 amazing women all coming together to um, really just connect and elevate each other and realize that we all share much of the same story and freeing ourselves from the things that are holding us back. Um, what else? I think that's my big one. And just the book. The just book the- in May. <laughs> just a book. I know. I'm like, let me just tell you how I really feel. It's been like so many years in the making. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been amazing. Yeah, just whipping a book out. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> like, just a book. Let me just actually tell you what really happened. Um, no, it's it's amazing. I'm so excited. Yeah, honestly, congratulations on that. That's that's major achievement. That's a beautiful thing. I cannot wait to read it. We're going to read it in my book club. Yay! That makes me so happy. I'm so excited. I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lori, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. It was a total honor, and I love what you're doing, and I'm super grateful. And, hey, I'm really, really, like, I just want to point out your um, your persistence. Like, literally, thank God you're persistent, because I'm so glad that we got this connection. <laughs> I did. Talking about people that keep asking you, like, hey, will you do this? And we kept, like, I could not get the dates to work, because I'm... I'm EST time and you're Pacific time. And it's like, oh, dear gosh, it's impossible. But we made it happen. The universe made it happen and we're here and it's wonderful. It's so perfect and it's such a beautiful lesson for people listening that, man, I've, I've had to do it so many times and I'm like, I'm not quitting on this one because I want to talk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love it because it's, it's true and it's like the other person will say yes or they will say no. So awesome. I'm like so excited about it. Fantastic. Okay, guys, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Self-Care Spotlight brought to you by the Journal Deck and our Self-Care Collective online membership where you can join at thejournaldeck.com forward slash self-care collective. And if this podcast moved you in some way, I kindly ask you to rate and review it on iTunes so we can continue to spread our mission, your love and attention. As always, it means the world to me. Until next time, I'm Alyssa Cousins signing off for the Journal Deck. Music by Lee Rosevere.